sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Well, as you heard, I'm Mark Crutcher, and I'm joined by my charming co-host, Sarah Waits. Hello, everyone. And we've got a lot of stuff for you, so we're going to get right to it. Starting with the fact that a California man was arrested nearby U.S. Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh's house for planning to kill Kavanaugh. He was armed with a knife, a gun, and a pepper spray, and he arrived by taxi. He took a taxi. He took a taxi. (laughs) Right. You know, I've been saying for years, you've heard me say this for Mm -hmm. the last 25 years or so, that the closer we get to winning, Mm -hmm. the more violent the other side's going to become. Oh, absolutely. And we're seeing this played out. In fact, a crisis pregnancy center in Buffalo, New York, called Compass Care, was firebombed. And supposedly, it's suspected that this was another one that was targeted by the group called Jane's Revenge. The Department of Homeland Security has now issued a national terrorism advisory in which they're saying that when Roe is overturned, when that decision finally comes down, which could be at any minute, Mm -hmm. that they're fully expecting a nationwide rise in violence, riots by the pro-aborts. Well, if Jane's revenge is to be believed, what else can you expect? They've already said, if abortions aren't safe, neither are you, and that they are in every city and that they're going to continue doing this. Yeah. So, you know, the question I've got is, uh, and I already know the answer, by the way, Mm -hmm. when there has been violence by a few pro-lifers, lone wolves, we might call them. Mm-hmm. Heaven and earth has been moved by the Department of Justice, by the FBI, federal government, to go after the pro-lifers. At one point during the Clinton administration, they actually put armed agents mm-hmm. at every abortion clinic in the United States over one instance of violence. Mm-hmm. Are they going to have the same commitment to protecting this side of the issue as they had for the other one. Oh, no, absolutely not. And the way we know this is because the first CPCs to be attacked was around May 8th. Have you seen any armed protection for any of the other crisis pregnancy? Yeah. One of them right here in Denton. Yeah. Have you seen any protection offered to the crisis pregnancy centers? I haven't. No, but But it shows you where their biases lie. mm -hmm. They don't give a damn what happens to pro-lifers. Yeah. All they care about is baby killing and baby killers. That's what our government is dedicated to, and especially now under the Biden rule. So this thing's going to get worse before it gets better, I can tell you that. And I think the place where it's actually going to be seen the hardest is probably not actually crisis pregnancy centers. I think it's going to be churches. because Well, they've already invaded some churches. Mm-hmm. They invaded a church in Houston this weekend, mm-hmm. went in there, started cursing and taking off their clothes, and they're wearing panties with red blood spread on them. As you do in church. As you normally do it. <laughs> um, there's no federal marshals at churches all over the country. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about this is, this is a church that's never been involved in the pro-life movement. Yeah. This is just a church. Yeah. But yet they're targeted. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an example of, really, you're going to get targeted no matter what you do, so you might as well speak out, right? Well, I think a lot of this has to do with, there's this misbelief in the pro-choice movement that pro-lifers are just a bunch of white, Bible-thumping men. And the pro-life movement is a lot more diverse than they give it credit for. And it's dominated by women. 
Yes, it's dominated by women. Right. There are pro-life atheist groups out there. Yep. There are pro-life liberal groups out there right. who disagree with the conservative movement on probably everything else except for abortion. So it's not just a bunch of religious white people who make up the pro-life movement. Yeah. But in their minds, they see these two things as linked. And they think that every church in the country is oh, yeah. involved in the pro-life effort. If that was true, mm -mm. this thing would have been ended 30 years ago, 40 years ago. The pro-choice movement has a group that yeah. is led entirely by ministers and clergy. Well, and, if you want to call them that. Well, They're I'm, heretics. Yeah, and they claim to represent people of faith and the right. religious perspective on abortion. Um, so, Yeah, it's obscene what's going on here. But I know it's predictable because mm -hmm. I predicted it 25 years ago. And others have too. I'm not the only one that has recognized this. They call us the extremists. Yeah, right. Anyway, last year, it's actually been a couple of years now, mm -hmm. I wrote an article about something I had thought about for a long time called a constitutional showdown. Mm -hmm. And we'll have the link to that in the description. It's on, yeah, it's on our website. Anyway, my argument was that, I'll just put it in a capsule form, murder, yeah. homicide statutes, is a state issue, mm -hmm. not a federal issue. And what I was calling for is for us to find attorney generals or district attorneys or with the governors. Yeah, with the cojones. But anyway, to say that they're going to indict people who do abortions under the state's homicide statute. Mm -hmm. Of course, the pro-aborts would challenge this immediately, and it would start heading mm -hmm. up through the courts. And what I was calling for is for these people to say, look, I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I don't care what any federal court says. Homicide statutes are state matters, not federal matters. Mm -hmm. We can apply the homicide statutes the way we see fit in well, our state. It also brings to the Supreme Court the issue of personhood, because right. that's what all these homicide statutes are based on. Yeah, basically. And so we could create a constitutional showdown. Now, mm -hmm. this was before the latest things with Roe possibly being overturned. But what's interesting is that there was a case here in Texas, and there's a magazine called The Texas Prosecutor. Mm -hmm. And this is an internal document for prosecutors around the state of Texas. After reading this, I kind of want to subscribe to it right, right. <laughs> if all of them are going to be this good. It says they label themselves the official journal of the Texas District and County Attorneys Association. Mm -hmm. The May-June edition of 2022 headline is Capital Murder in the Death of a Five-Week-Old Fetus. Mm -hmm. Before we get into the details, I will let people know that the details to this case can be pretty grisly. So, pretty ghastly. So if you've got kids around or if you feel like you can't listen to that, now is the time to stop the episode. Well, we'll we won't go into too into graphic detail. details, but there's some important things in this that we need to share. But we will put a link to this mm -hmm. so people can read it. But before you read it, just recognize that it is pretty unsettling. It's a criminal trial involving a man who is abusive to his wife. To and, his wife. And he, the things that he does. Her name is Amanda Luna, and his name is Joel Luna. Mm -hmm. He had been abusive to her for quite a while. but 18 she, years they were married. Yeah, but he had not, she had not done anything because she was afraid of him. Mm -hmm. And she said, I didn't think anybody would believe me anyway. Well, and in domestic abuse situations, the abuser convinces their partner that they're responsible for the abuse. Right. You could see that in this case as well. And the only reason this thing came to light was he abused her so badly. She was pregnant. He wanted her to have an abortion. She wouldn't do it. Well, let's go back a little bit. Turns out that he had been having an affair with her sister. So she contemplates leaving him. They separate for a bit. Family and friends try to convince her to get back with her husband. He tries to convince her to come back. 
She does come back. They try to make it work, but she tells him that she's pregnant with somebody else's child because right. they had both started in different relationships. Right. He says, we'll make it work. And then as soon as she confirms that she is pregnant with somebody else's child, he basically says, I'm not raising another man's child. And if you want to stay married, you're going to have to get an abortion, which she refused. And so he starts whacking around on her again. And he knocks her to the ground, jumps on top of her, and starts kneeing her in the belly. Mm -hmm. When he was on top of her, he was yelling that he was going to kill that baby. Right. He made it very specific why he was doing that. Right. Yeah, he wanted her to have an abortion. She wouldn't. So he said, I'm going to kill the baby. We won't use the language. but it's No, we're not going to use the language that he used. But, but it's, it's in this report. And he kneed her so hard that his knee pushed her pancreas against her backbone and split it in half. Mm. This wound up with her going to the emergency room. Eventually. Yeah. He drug her to their bedroom for yeah. about 36 hours and would not let their children, who witnessed this, by the way, right. they would not let their children or her call the paramedics. The uh, emergency staff contacted the local authorities, and um, this is how this all came to light. Mm -hmm. She survived... I don't know how, but she did. Even the doctors don't even know how she did because she was, like I said, not only did she sustain this injury, which was traumatic enough, but she went without medical care for about 36 hours. Yeah. She survived, but the baby was killed. The baby died, yeah. Now, this came to the attention of the district attorney's office in Ector County, mm -hmm. and two female senior assistant district attorneys in that office Elizabeth Howard and Courtney Williams. Decided to take this case up. Mm -hmm. They filed assault charges against him for the attack on this woman. Yeah. In addition to that, they filed capital murder charges against him for the death of the baby. Good. Now, the baby is only five weeks old. Mm -hmm. So don't think that this is like a seven-month-old no. you know, unborn baby. This is a five-week, not that it matters to us. No, absolutely not. But in the public, that often makes a big difference. This is a five-week-old fetus. They base this on Texas Penal Code, paragraph 19.03, which states, quote, a person commits the offense of capital murder if the person intentionally or knowingly causes the death of an individual and the person murders an individual under 10 years of age. Where you get into the gritty details of it is, what is an individual under and the that code law? Require, and the code describes that. The Texas Penal Code defines an individual as, quote, a human being who is alive, including an unborn child at every stage of gestation from fertilization until birth, unquote. Mm -hmm. They're basically saying what I said in the Constitutional Showdown. This is a state matter. This is not a federal matter. I thought the interesting thing was when they were doing the jury selection and they were instructing how the law was to be applied and what the law states, they said, surprisingly, they didn't have to do a lot of instructing to the jury to say that this baby is an individual under the law. Right. They were expecting more resistance from the jury, but they didn't get it. Because people understand that. Mm -hmm. Contrary to what the pro aborts might tell you, people yeah. understand that. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that a jury in Ector County, Texas, is probably going to be more conservative than one in San Francisco County, California. Yeah. But the fact is, what those people know about the unborn child is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The difference here is that this jury was willing to apply the law as it is written, mm -hmm. not as they think it should be. Or, And I'm sure if we could get a hold of all these jurors, there'd be some of them that say, you know, I'm not sure about this, but that's what the law says. You know? That's what they have to do. It's like, this is not your personal feelings on the law. It's this is what the law says. This is how you were to apply it. Well, anyway, 
these uh, two district attorneys file under these Texas penal codes capital murder against this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's locked up, put in jail. He didn't even make bail. He stayed in jail while he was awaiting trial is what I took away from this. Not oh, that, yeah. Not he was in jail for three years. They would not let him out. He was in jail for three years while this was going on. Yep. Believe it or not, the jury convicted him. They did. He got convicted of capital murder in the death of that five-week-old baby. Mm-hmm. Which was life without parole. Life without parole. He's lucky he didn't get the death penalty because capital murder in Texas, if you don't get the death penalty, you get life without parole. And somehow or another, he had dodged the death penalty. So mm-hmm. maybe they didn't seek the death penalty. I don't know. I don't know. And then for the aggravated assault, he was sentenced to 36 years on top of that. On top of the life. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting in the Huntsville State Penitentiary as we speak. Or I guess that's where they send him. There's several penitentiaries around the country, around the state. But that's usually where they send cases like this is to Huntsville. So that's where he probably is. And I want to tip my hat to Elizabeth Howard and Courtney Williams. I don't mm-hmm. know what their position on abortion is. I would assume they're pro-life because if they were pro-choice, they would have never brought this case. Never in a million years. Well, you know, speaking of the pro-choice, it has been eerily quiet from the pro-choice side about this case. You have not seen major networks really picking this up. And the few articles that have come out from the local media, it's just, local media, yeah. it's just very short snippets. They don't go right. into any detail, basically. Right. Now, you and I both know mm-hmm. that the abortion lobby peruses the media nationwide every day looking for anything that might affect the abortion issue. Something for them to fundraise on or have be outraged about. So you know for a fact they knew about this while it was going on. Before there was a verdict, the pro-aborts knew about it. Planned Parenthood knew about it. National Abortion Federation knew about it. ACLU knew about it. All of them knew about it. Well, even if they didn't know before the verdict, they certainly would have heard about it afterwards. No, they knew before. They had to. There's no way that there's going to be a case brought seeking a capital murder conviction against somebody for killing an unborn child that they're not going to know about. They know about every one of them. Where is their comments on this? Like I say, they're suspiciously quiet. I think for two reasons. First off, if they get involved in this, they're almost always going to be perceived as being on the side of this guy, Joel Luna. That's part of it. And we need to mention in conjunction with this, we have a report called Under the Radar Violence and the Conflict Over Abortion. And in that report, we list cases of women who were killed for refusing to have abortions. Generally, they were killed by their partners. Now, this is just a tip of the iceberg. This is not all the women we found, and it does not include the women who survived their attacks. But the thing is, there are men out there who attack their partners because they refuse to have abortions. It's very common. It's very common. And the pro-choice movement never say a word about this. Never say a word. But the question here is... Now you've got a conviction, Mm -hmm. capital murder, Mm -hmm. life without parole for the death of a five-week-old fetus, Mm -hmm. right? In which the mother didn't die. Yeah. The mother survived. So they're strictly on the unborn baby. Mm -hmm. Why is the abortion industry so silent on this deal? And I think, first off, they don't want to be perceived as being on the side of Joel Luna, but they could deal with that. You could just come out and say, hey, look, this guy deserves to be in prison, but this is not the right case or something. But here's what I think, and I talked to an attorney about this the other day, the one who sent me this article. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, he can appeal this. And he said, well, yeah, obviously he can, and he might prevail. Who knows? You never know what happens in an appellate court. Mm -hmm. But he said, look, let's say he lost at the first level, in Texas level, which he probably would. But then he takes it to the federal level and takes it to the Supreme Court and so forth. Let's say it winds up in the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And let's say that he loses there. 
then this becomes the standard nationwide, right? Yeah. He said, I think the parole boards are probably working behind the scenes to make sure that this thing does not get appealed because they do not want it going into the federal court system. Mm-hmm. And the federal courts or Supreme Court having to rule that Texas was within its rights to seek a capital murder conviction on this five-week baby. Well, and like I say, all these penal codes for murder, all is based on what is considered a person under the law. And so if we want to end abortion permanently on a national level, you need the Supreme Court to weigh in and say, okay, well, yeah, the unborn child is a person under the law. Well, what's interesting here is the personhood of the unborn child didn't come up in this context. It was called an individual. Tell me the difference between what an individual and a person is. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, that's just semantics at that right. point. And they defined an individual yeah. as a human being who is alive, mm-hmm. including an unborn child at every stage of gestation from fertilization until birth. Mm-hmm. And that's in um, Texas Penal Code right now. Mm-hmm. And it's been there forever. Yeah. So the parole boards don't want this going to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. This scares the devil out of them, so they're keeping it quiet. What they're basically saying is, this guy, Joel, will sacrifice him. Mm-hmm. He ain't much to sacrifice anyway. Well, they're willing to sacrifice all those women who have been attacked and murdered yeah, for sure. refusing to have abortions. They sweep their name under the rugs. So clearly, Joel Luna is on Small his potatoes own. to them. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway... Um, the reason I wanted to go over this is, first off, it's pretty amazing. This is not an old case. This is recent. Conviction was uh, in, was it November of 2021? So we're just talking about a case that's a few months old. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is a 25-year-old case. Mm-mm. But the other thing is, there are some rumors floating around out there. I don't think this is true. But in our in our society now, who knows what's true and what's not, what's possible and what's not. If you had told me all these things would be happening 10 years ago, I'd be like, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine, let's say you go back to when I was in high school and you tell me the world we live in right now. <laughs> you know, you're taking some kind of terrible drugs. They're doing horrible some things to horrible your Horrible LSD trip. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's some rumors floating around out there that it's possible that this decision that comes down doesn't overturn Roe. Let's say they reaffirm Roe today. Mm-hmm. They come down the decision says... That's possible. And that's possible. We've still got enormous opportunities to end this thing. And this is a classic example of it. And, you know, my argument was in my constitutional showdown argument, which is basically tracks exactly what these women here did. Mm-hmm. Is say you indict these people. And let's say you indict an abortionist for this. Because technically, under the penal code, abortion is doing an abortion fits this description. Right. They're intentionally killing a human being or an individual under 10 years of age. So what I was saying was we find the person in uh, these two women obviously have the cojones to do it. Mm -hmm. And they're smart enough to get a conviction on this guy on a five-week-old fetus. My argument was if you have this district attorney or state's attorney or attorney general, whoever, that brings these charges... And gets a conviction and puts the abortionist in prison. Mm-hmm. And this thing gets appealed and it goes up through the federal court system and up to the Supreme Court. What you want. Right. What you want to happen. The state's position will be at every step along the way that we don't care what the courts say. This is the our court, jurisdiction. The courts have no standing in a mm-hmm. homicide case. This is a homicide case. We can apply our homicide statutes the way we see fit. And so, yes, if this thing goes to the Supreme Court... The state's argument will be, or should be, even if you tell us that our conviction of this guy was unconstitutional, we're keeping him in jail. Mm -hmm. 
this is a state matter. You have no jurisdiction. You have no standing in this case. Mm-hmm. That puts the Supreme Court between a rock and a hard spot. This is what I'm calling, why I'm calling it a showdown, because the Supreme Court then now is left with the decision. What are we going to do? We're gonna, they put this guy in jail down in Texas. Are we going to send troops in there to bust him out of jail? How are we going to deal with this? This is assuming that Roe is still in place. If it's now out of place, then obviously all bets are off, and obviously the homicide statutes wouldn't even be challenged. But what I'm trying to get people to understand is, even if the unthinkable happens, and I think the chances of it are minuscule, that the Supreme Court comes down with a ruling that doesn't dismiss Roe, or maybe even reaffirms Roe, don't become discouraged. Mm-hmm. We were winning this battle before this latest case. We're going to be winning it afterward. And, and that's exactly why all these pro-choicers are lashing out with these firebombing and the destruction of the CPCs. If they felt like there was no way that this could happen if they were winning, they wouldn't be doing this. Now, here's something I thought about, and this is just a philosophical question, I guess. By applying this statute the way these women did, which is exactly the way the statute was written, Everybody that's done an abortion in Texas is violating the statute. Yeah. So it would be real interesting to see if you had somebody in the state, let's say in Dallas, in Dallas County. They could say that Roe versus Wade violates the state's penal code. Well, and they could say that uh, notorious abortionists like Curtis Boyd in mm-hmm. Dallas, mm-hmm. he's committed capital murder. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times. He supposedly killed somewhere between 200 and 250,000 babies. Mm-hmm. It would not be a stretch based on this case to indict him for capital murder, which is what it should happen. So I just want to make sure people understand. And, and this came to me at a very opportune time because I am concerned that if things don't go like we think they're going to go when the court ruling comes down, and it could come out at any anyway. minute, any minute mm-hmm. that we still have tons of ammunition here to protect the unborn And these two women in Ector County have really exemplified that, exemplified what the potential is. So anyway, let's make sure we have a link to it so that people at home can read this. Mm -hmm. We'll try to make this available. So everybody can read it. But the bottom line is, from the abortion standpoint, again, a capital murder conviction, Mm -hmm. a guy given life without parole for killing a five-week-old unborn child. Yep. That's the bottom line. Anyway... Uh, we'll do what we can to get this out there to everybody. So anyway, that's all the time we have. Until next week, remember, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. Mm-mm, we're here to win. Because winning is how the killing stops. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye, guys. <laughs>